I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, a creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Merlin, even when we start to start trading COVID between one another on the yeah, microphone. I caught it from you via the microphone. You, you got it from me. I got it from Autumn. Uh, Jess gave it to everybody. We're, it's, just a, it's just a bad COVID loving over mm-hmm. here. Uh, and I never even, I don't even go out. I stay in. I know. And look at me now. Yeah. Here you are. Um, it's it's not a good time to be a monster of the week slash still his kingdom keeps hopes because we just keep getting yeah. each other sick. We uh, have it harder than most people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as straight white guys <laughs> in America, <laughs> we have it. We've got it pretty bad right it's now. Pretty difficult um, for us. Uh, no, but hopefully this isn't too terrible to listen to. Please bear with me. Um, if you're if you're wondering why, Chris, you're not as funny as you always are. <laughs> well, it, blame it on the COVID. Okay. Did you uh, did you see the nice nice things people said about you screaming on the podcast? By the way, I did. That's I all I want is to get back to a place where I can scream mm-hmm. on on the podcast again. Because the great thing about doing a podcast is that I have the attention span of a frog. So as soon as we record, most of what I said leaves my my brain. Mm-hmm. So then I go back and I hear these things that people are saying that I said. I'm like, what is that? None of that makes sense. I don't remember. That's pretty <laughs> funny. I don't remember saying that though. <laughs> so I can laugh at it because I don't remember saying it. Um, well, let's get into the episode so we can save your voice. I want to say right at the top, uh, thank you to our boy, Jake Lionheart, for mm. always being there for me when I have a goofy music idea. Uh, you probably heard the new intro. Um, that came about when we watched the season uh, three finale. Uh, I talked yeah. a lot in that episode about how much I liked the music that they played during the scene where they find the round table. So I went to Jake and I'm like, hey. Uh, I really like this. And he listened to it. And he goes, holy shit, this is awesome. And I'm like, hey, can yeah, you he's use... like, holy shit, give me um 45 seconds. I will be right back. Dude, it was it was so insanely quick. Like, I can go back in our DMs and, like, count it out. Um, it, it is it is insanely ridiculous. Uh, I, let's see. Uh, so, at 12.10 p.m., I sent him the, the YouTube link. And he said, I'm going to have a blast playing with this. I, yeah, I'm all in. And I was like, excellent, cool. Um, and then at 5.33 p.m., he was like, I'm done. It <laughs> was a five-hour turnaround. And I did that. Like, that's not something that I would ever ask anybody to do, right? Like, I was, I, I mean, when I, I, like, I just told him, like, hey, sometime before the new year, if you have time. Um, like, and obviously we have a little flexibility with that, but yeah. anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about so much. It's and a he great was song. like, okay, sometime before lunch. Yes. Bet. And he was like, got this, no problem, done. And he goes, do you want to, and then he's like, do you want a chopped up version? And I'm like, well, of course I do. We got to have something yeah. for the outro. Come on, man. So, Come on, man. So y'all have that to look forward to as well. Um, thank you also to our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We've had a, a kind of a, a tick up in, in patrons over there. And I just want to say yeah. you are all very much appreciated. Um, hopefully I've, I've seen some new people join the discord server and it seems to be going well. I see them posting in other channels, which is the biggest hurdle. Yeah. I think most people join yeah. and are like too many channels, too many people. I'm out, which I totally it does, probably doesn't help that we don't have a single normal name for any, not channel. a single. Yeah. I mean like at, at some point we're going to have to rename all that stuff just so that it's not inside jokes upon inside jokes. But in the meantime, good luck finding out, uh, where to post about TV stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's it. Chris, like we finished season three what do you want to catch us up on what's what's been happening 
season three was a good one. Last time on Merlin, with Camelot fallen under the control of Morgana and Morgos, it was up to Merlin to rally Arthur and their remaining allies to reclaim the kingdom. With the help of the Fisher King's gift and Our Lady of the Lake Freya, Merlin reclaimed Excalibur and used it to put an end to the immortal army. Meanwhile, with his newly formed Knights of the Round Table, Arthur rescued Uther and the other prisoners, and although they won the day, Uther's reign may soon be at an end, and the coming of a new king may be at hand. Oh, we are covering Merlin season four, episode one, The Darkest Hour, part one, which was written by Julian Jones, directed by Alice Troughton, uh, aired on October 1st, 2011. Merlin faces his toughest challenge yet when Morgana's blinkered determination. What? Yeah. Blinkered determination. Mm -hmm. UK folks, I know you guys think you invented English, but y'all got to y'all got to back this up a little bit. The blinkered determination. What is that's not a that's not a thing. We've we've gone too far. We've strayed too far from the path. Blinker determination threatens not only Arthur's future but the very balance of the world. When her with her magic stronger than ever, the sorceress summons the mighty Kaliich to tear open the veil between worlds. There's a lot of proper nouns that I didn't know how to spell in this episode, Dude, Chris. I spelled them. So I put the subtitles on so I could learn how to spell word okay. Kalix. Yeah. Kalix. Mm-hmm. I I was spelling it with an X, Kalix, but oh. it's not it's not spelled with an X. So it's Kalix. But anyway, I'm gonna try. This is going to be tough. When I when I took the notes, I was confident that I could get it right, but uh, it's been a couple hours, and I don't know if I can get it right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna start off, uh, and right off the bat, I think there's a huge uptick in quality. Like it almost looks like oh yeah, either my, my my Blu-ray rips got better, or just like immediately all of their equipment got a huge upgrade because there is just like you see this uh, woman in a black cloak pulling a cart down this like dusty mountain path. The Knights of Camelot are riding up on her, and like it just immediately films like a, feels like a film. Like in a way, you ever the, seen a craggy wasteland in Merlin before? Yeah, this seems it just seems like like immediately you're like, oh, so they they doing it now, huh? They got yeah, they got some. They're doing it. Everything about it, even just having this big group of riders coming in with the wide shots, all of this is new, and you notice it immediately. And they roll up on this woman uh, and demand to know who she is, where she's going, what she has in the cart, and I'm like, man, what is this? What are y'all? What are you guys doing? It's pretty are you- rude. <laughs> I mean, I guess that we. We were going to come to learn that they are pursuing Morgana. So when they see someone from afar who goes, "Hey, doesn't that kind of doesn't that kind of look like Morgana?" Um, <laughs> I get, I get the attitude. But yeah, yeah but upon at first, first watching this, <laughs> I was like, "Leon, you're acting kind of like a cop right now." At first, they just seem like they're ice. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that out loud. That Arthur is employing like a team of ice member, ice, ice agents to track yeah. down Morgana. Um, but yes, of course, it is revealed that this is uh, not only Morgana, but Goth Morgana. This is this is yeah. this is the highlight of some of the Goth. We years. thought she was Goth before, brother. Oh, we got now, another thing coming. Now she's got the makeup, she's got the hair, and wait till you see her domicile. <laughs> it's gonna it's probably the worst thing that she's got going right now. Um, yeah. She is she's Goth Morgana. She instantly starts blasting these fools all over the place. Uh, in the crate or in the cart, excuse me, is Morgos who is uh, alive, astonishingly, after the events of the of se- the season three finale. Uh, but her whole side of her face is scarred, and she looks like she's just barely hanging on. Um, yeah. And then we smash into our new intro, which is the same kind of music and everything, but just with a bunch of new clips, including uh, Dragoon is there, yep. uh, including yep. some awesome shots of Morgana doing some goth Morgana stuff. Um, and then I think this is this the scene that follows the it, the OP, was like the biggest sign of of how much the show has changed is that 
we open up with Merlin running through a very, very crowded kitchen. There are a ton of extras, like the head chef or whatever is yelling at him about stealing food or something. Like there's so much hustle and bustle in this scene, and we haven't really seen that probably since the pilot. This is like pilot part two. Yeah, it, it kind of it kind of feels like a little bit of a, a soft relaunch for Merlin in a way. Um, I wonder, was there any time like in between? Like had they had they been away for longer than normal? Uh, I can find out for you real quick. Uh, not really. This aired on uh, the last one aired on December fourth, twenty ten, and this picked up on October first, twenty eleven. So it had been you know nine months, but not like huh. that's not a, normal, right? Yeah, and like not a significant amount of time between a, a show like this. I think. Um, huh. So, uh, and also just the bad cap antics of Gwen and Percival uh, are also very funny. To what me. are they doing? What are they doing up in the, up in the, they're, the, they're fish, the rafters? They're, they're fishing for chicken. They're fishing hens, dude. They're fishing for hens. Dude, they got There is a plate full of Cornish hens on the bottom, all baked to perfection. And those bad boys are up in the ceiling with the fucking thread and, and a hook. Fishing for hens, trying to pull them. How are they going to get them through the crate? We don't know. This show, this show has had like four main characters. Maybe you know five or six if you count uh, Gaius and Uther, and it, but it's never had to shuffle this many people before with all the knights of the round table all being important suddenly, um, and it's like they're just having them doing so many random things. It's really and it's really fun. Like I think that's it's going to add to the rewatchability of the show mm. where you can you can just keep watching it, kind of seeing new things over it. Um, Remember that time that Percival and going we're up in the rafters stealing heads uh merlin is there to grab arthur's shirt which was steaming in the kitchen uh on the way out he collides with the wine boy uh and spills wine all over it lancelot shows up and is like hey you should use salt you know or magic and merlin's like oh yeah, yeah i can do magic and just does yeah, mag- Mer- merlin's bugging and lancelot's like hmm, seems like a pretty dumb thing to bug about for somebody who could fucking use magic you could just use magic and and then he does it and Ma- lancelot is like not in the fucking hallway bro yeah, dude. what are you doing step into an alcove behind a curtain there's plenty of them around there's 17 extras in this shot what are yeah. you doing it doesn't make any Come sense on. to do magic right now <laughs> oh. but hey it works We're and i just again i continue rates. to love that Lancelot is in on the secret. I just Merlin, you know, Merlin needs a pal. He needs what Morgana never had. He needs a friend. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's nice. Um Merlin arrives to find Arthur completely dressed by himself, except for the back part of his shirt, uh, which is just a little cute. fan service, you know. Arthur is uh, writing a speech for that night and has apparently told Merlin to do it, uh, and then expects Merlin to tell him thank you for allowing him to write the speech, which is Ugh. very funny. Oh, grow up, Arthur. Um, we switch back over to Morgana and Morgos, who have arrived Eminem. at the at the the Eminem team. Thank you. Uh, who mm-hmm. have arrived the Marshall Mathers crew? I guess that's what we're going to yeah. call them now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, at the very fucking cool Isle of the Blessed. Uh, this is another sign that like, oh, y'all got some chops. Like this is yeah. just a yeah. fucking like weird, decrepit, Dark Souls looking castle in the middle of a lake. Yeah. For all the world looks like New Londo. I love it. Put this bad boy. Cool. I mean, it's just so cool, Chris. It's just so. They amazing. do so much with um, not only just like the scenery and everything, but they make this into like a horror episode almost. Like yeah. they go and even I guess with the setting, with the scenery, with these backdrops, it's giving you this this real this real heavy feeling, which is great. And I don't think they've ever really been able to do it before to this level. Uh, they pay a dude for a boat ride, and they're going to um, go to the Isle of the Blessed. We go back to Camelot, check in on Uther. Um, it's been a year since the last episode. Long hair Uther. Long hair. By long Uther. hair, I mean like you know over the ear. Yeah, hasn't had a haircut in a year. He is just an absolute shell of his former self. He's not been eating. 
Um, he, he seems barely responsive when Gwen is there to take care of him. Uh, he, she, t- Gwen tells Gaius cause Gaius is coming in to bring medicine. Like, Hey dude, that whatever, whatever the poppy is, it's not popping anymore. You gotta, none of this shit no. is working. Um, and she also tells Gaius that she's skipping the feast that night to take care of Uther, but she's not doing it for Uther. She's doing it for Arthur. Um, she's very adamant about that. And I would be too. I'd be like, I'm not doing yeah. anything in my life for Uther. I don't care if he's sick. I'm doing all of this for Arthur. Uther definitely, was a definitely complicated situation here. Cause again, you know. Uther killed Gwen's father, but, um, you know, she's just, uh, she's loyal to her man, I guess. Yep. Uh, to a fault. <laughs> the, uh, Marshall Mathers make their way across the water towards the aisle. Uh, more cool boat shots. Uh, I like this a lot. Yeah. We got a ferryman. What's he doing here? He's just, he's just, he's, just, he's a ferryman, man. The Isle of the Blessed has a, has a ferryman. This is what he does. This is his Seems whole Seems like life. he probably wouldn't get a lot of business, but. No, you'd be surprised how many people show up at the Isle of the Blessed, dude. I mean, it's, it's not tourist season now, but like during yeah. tourism, there's like one guy a month that just shows up. It's great. I, I believe it. I believe it. Uh, we go back over to Camelot where the knights from the cold open are reporting in. Leon is there to tell uh, Arthur, hey, we, we encountered Morgana. Uh, she blasted our shit up. Two people are dead. Uh, and they seem to be headed to... They name off some proper nouns, and Gaius is like, "Let me let me take care of that for you, buddies. I know where everything yeah. is in Camelot. Uh, that's the Isle of the Blessed. That's all we have to call it." Um, and then, what's this man's name? Who's this man who arrives here? Agrabane is that his name? So in the credits, uh, he is he is referred to as Agravane, A G R A V A I N E. In my notes, because I never caught his name as I'm doing my notes, he is just Unk. Because he's Arthur's yeah. uncle. They said it. They said it once the first time, and I was like, "Pardon." And then, again? and then after that, um, it's just Unk. So he is he is Captain Unk to me. So I don't know what you so would call him. This is Arthur's uncle. Is it his uncle on his mother's side? It seems to be implied by that because he, he because there is wasn't there a guy who came back from the dead in like season two who was uh, other uh, Arthur's mother's brother or father or ancestor or something. Who wanted revenge on Uther? I don't, it's just so many people have wanted revenge on Uther. It's really it's tough to keep track of. It's, it's most everybody. I I assumed it was Arthur's mother's brother because he says that he she he tells Arthur that he promised Arthur's mother that to take care of Arthur. Yeah, um, and it makes more sense for him to be doing what he's doing if he's not Uther's brother. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Established. You see, we're, we're pretty smart guys, all right? I know you listeners keep writing in and saying, dumb dumb boys, what's wrong with you dumb dumb boys? Well, here's the correction for you. I'm not so dumb dumb anymore. Am I right? Hey, hey, internet, first correction, we're not dumb dumbs. I just want to yeah. say that out loud. And if you're going to write to us with that kind of energy, then you're the dumb dumb. That's what well, I'm going to say. You're dumb dumb. I'm going to um, tell everybody on the internet, you're a dumb dumb. I'm going to use your first and last I'm, name. Now we're going to try to pronounce some more fantasy proper nouns. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Agravane. He's from Wales. Yeah. Get a load of that accent. All we get from this dude is that he tells Arthur, hey, don't live in fear of Morgana, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I made a promise. That I, yeah, you already talked about this. He's just, he's Arthur's counselor. He's been very important in the last year, I guess. Uh, Morgana and Morgos arrive at the aisle, and then it's back to Camelot so for Arthur to give his big speech. Um, they are celebrating a time of the year. Is this the Caliech, Caliex or whatever? This is Samhain. Samhain? Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, Otherwise so this is, known this is to Americans Sam as yes. Sam Hain. Okay. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, they didn't do put they, my accent Do they pronounce it, it wrong in Supernatural? I can't remember. Yeah. They do Sam Hain. Um, and then, yeah, and, then I, and then I think they, like, somebody corrects them and I think Dean calls them a nerd. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds, uh, that sounds about right. This is a time of year that they remember good times and also the people they've lost along the way. 
Uh, we cut back over to the Isle of the Blessed. They're just like, you know, brushing over the fact that it's like when the veil is thinnest between the realms of the living Yeah, these guys dead, are just you know? partying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> They're just, they're rocking it up. Meanwhile, somebody else is taking real advantage, advantage of this holiday um, by going to the Isle of the Blessed and performing um, a blood sacrifice. That's it. Uh, Margot climbs on the altar. She tells uh, Morgana, like, that, you know, you, you can do Which, this. Which, again, incredible looking set. We get this oh big God, ruined dude. stone room. It's with amazing. The, with the light coming in from the sky. And then there's just this altar that looks, you know, kind of like a big, like, grave or something. Um, a big coffin, rather. And she lays on top of it. And she's like, this is the only way. That this is going to work. Uh, and she kind of lays out her her plan here because Morgana is reluctant to follow through with whatever is happening here because Margos is going to, to die mm-hmm. for it. She's going to sacrifice herself to to open up, to tear open this rift between the worlds when the veil is thinnest on this hollowest of eaves. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Morgos kind of takes advantage of this. Not takes advantage, but she she talks about this, encourages Morgana to do this, and says, you know, let my party be my final gift to you. Hands her a dagger. We cut over to Arthur as he's toasting the king, and a, we see a full moon come out. Morgana raises the knife to the sky, uh, kills her sister, uh, in Camelot, everybody cheers, but for Merlin, time starts to slow down. We see like yeah. these cups kind of, and they do this weird animation thing with the liquid too that I didn't quite understand, where it looks like the liquid is all CGI'd into this. Uh, like it's yeah, I'm a little confused by this. Maybe it just wasn't like showing up on camera, so somebody went in and, and maybe so. It. Yeah, um, they had the budget; they were going to use it. Morgana is blown back from the altar, uh, and inside the, the the banquet hall in Camelot, this figure appears. This old woman in a I put in my notes a black hoodie, but that's not what this is. She's not. It's a black a, hoodie. She's Call a, it what it is. She's wearing a, like she a, got, a. She got it from H and M, and it's a it's a black hoodie. <laughs> uh, it says um, it says Supreme on the front, so you know it's yeah. it's, it's a nice yeah. quality hoodie. Yep. Yep. Uh, this is the Calix, uh, who is uh, or no wait. This is the who is yes this? no that's correct that's correct this is the calyx see I'm really confused about the proper nouns on this I think yeah so yeah. this is the calyx yeah you're absolutely right um, and she says that uh, Erasmus she she calls him Erasmus because of course he does uh, and says that you know um, she basically calls for Emerus Jesus Christ I was like wait what are you talking about <laughs> so messed up dude I don't know what happened to my focus right now. Emerus, and then Merlin is like, "This is too much," uh, and just yeah. collapses down. I love Arthur. I love the cut to Arthur where he just rolls his eyes, like, oh, "Merlin, can't you just stand up for ten minutes? Like, what, you, what is wrong yeah. with you?" Yeah, he just assumes that he's drunk again. Um, Even though I don't think we've ever seen Merlin drunk, but that's fine. We well, we've heard about it. Like he keep our, we people, have heard about people it. keep telling Arthur that Merlin gets drunk, so he assumes yeah. that it happens yeah. a lot more than it does. Um. Yeah. So I think the confusing part of this name not only is it difficult to pronounce the Calic. Calix, I don't know. Um, but it's also treated like a title, like a, a, a thing and this person's name. Mm-hmm. Because she is the gatekeeper of the spirit world and, and also maybe the gate to the spirit. So, you know, there's some shit going on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Morgana has torn open this veil. That's bad. She says that she, you can now hear the Doraka. Yes. These screaming voices, which are the souls of the dead, I guess, that were, were caught in this other world. Um, but she also says that she has... Now, Morgana has now created this, like, other realm. Like, this isn't the spirit world. This isn't the world of the living. This is this other thing that you've now created because it's the, you know, existence, you know, in between, right? Um, And I don't know if that just means that, like, everything is now this third plane of existence because the two have been combined. Um, But, yeah, this is where she starts to talk about Emerus and 
how like oh you, Morgana, you're gonna you know you're you're walking into this new realm, but there is one who walks in your shadow by the name of Emerus, and he will be your doom. Um, and that Uh-oh. is no good. Uh, meanwhile, Lancelot has hauled uh, Merlin to the lab where uh, Gaius is looking after him. Um, he sends Lancelot for blankets and some medicine. Merlin wakes up and, of course, tells Gaius about the woman, um, saying that her her eyes held so much pain. And Gaius, once again, recognizes the calyx immediately. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know what this is. Um, this is not a coincidence that she showed up on um, Samhain. So, you know, this mm. we, we got to be really, really worried here. Um and the next day, uh, Merlin, we get this little comedy sp- sp- part where... I've, they just keep throwing little comedy bits in throughout I'll, the whole episode. We've talked about it a bunch, but it never fails to, to really work for me. Merlin wakes Arthur up yeah. by just like slamming open the blinds. Arthur is very grumpy. He's trying to hide the pillow over under his face. Um, hide hide his face under the pillow, excuse me. Um, when none other than Leon barges into the room and says, yeah. uh, I, I, we need to get you to the council room. Um they quickly get dressed, head down to the council room where they meet this young woman who says that her village was attacked, her whole family was killed, uh, and that the things that did it were just shapes with no faces that would appear and mm. disappear, just just screaming. All she could hear was the screaming and then finding people dead. Um, and this is going to be the, would you say the Drakkar? That can't be the right word. The um, uh, If I see it in my notes, I can tell you what it is. It is the Doraka, I think. Yeah, the Dorothy. Doraka. <laughs> Doraka. Uh, the Dothraki. The Dothraki. The, um, the horse lords. Yeah, the scene is the scene is interesting because this is we see a different side to Arthur. Um especially since throughout this episode they keep reminding us that he's a pompous asshole when he deals with Merlin. But when it comes to other things, he he can act with a little bit of kindness. And that's what he does with this young woman, is he's he's comforting her, he's she's telling her it's gonna be okay. And it's, you know, it's not a lot, but he's like kind of, he's kind of coming down to her level a little bit and he's touching her arms and, and, and just getting personal with it. Whereas I feel like Uther would like be sitting up on his throne, making her, you know, speak in front of everybody. Although it did rub me the wrong way a little bit that like everybody is crowded around this girl, but give her some, give her some air. (laughs) Yeah. What are we doing? Like give her some fucking air. Um, yeah, you know, when Arthur hears, you know, this village has been destroyed by these, you know, faceless shadows or whatever, he's like, "We're gonna rally the knights. We gotta go. We gotta go check this out." Yep. Um, on the way, it's on the way to the uh, village, he kind of chides Merlin for being so jumpy, because at this point, Merlin is like kind of freaking out a little bit. Like he can yeah. tell that this, is, this. We've not ever seen Merlin like this no, before. He no. is very much on edge because there's been a shift in reality, and he can sense it at all times. Yes, uh, and he calls he calls Merlin a clot pole. And Merlin says, that's my word. He goes, yeah, but it fits you better, uh, which I think is very funny. Um, Then they arrive at the village for this like extended horror movie scene uh, where Mm. this village is, A, they they do the blue light filter so you know it's spooky immediately. I love a good blue light filter. I love this whole scene. The way that they drop most of the sound out so you only hear like what the wind is moving. You know, there's Mm -hmm. like a creaking of a sign. There's like flapping of clothes in the wind or whatever. It's so effective. I, I just, I'm just sitting here being like, damn, I want to play this level in a video game. You know, <laughs> like I want to walk through this silent place waiting, like, wait, where's the enemy going to pop out? What's going to happen? Um, uh, and they just slowly explore the area. I want to mention too, I don't normally um, talk about this kind of stuff because it, it doesn't normally have like a, a real impact on the viewing experience. But uh, the surround sound in this is actually really good, like with oh, the, cool. with the weird noises that they're doing, and like and a little bit later when you get to the shrieking and stuff, like it it was making me like look over a couple of times, which is which is Ooh. always a sign of a good surround sound. So. Merlin, Merlin's just doing it, just doing it, man. Um, 
they they're carefully exploring this village which is basically empty there's a couple of fake jump scares uh one of which is a goat uh one of which is Gwen eating an apple which is very funny <laughs> they eventually find some dead bodies uh and that's when they start hearing this shrieking in the background and Gwen is like we're literally chasing shadows um yeah. and then of course night is falling so they they light torches and they're they're continuing the search and you could tell Arthur is extremely disturbed by this whole situation. He doesn't know what's going on. This is not what he expected to find. He kind of suspected mm. this to be just a straightforward brigand situation. You know, one Arthur plus one brigand equals one dead brigand. It's the easy equation, but like one it's Arthur easy equation. plus one Silent Hill village equals question mark. We don't know that. Yeah. We don't he's know been that able recipe. to point his sword at any problem he's ever faced. Exactly. And he can't seem to do that here. Uh, Merlin wanders off on his own and gets scared by a chicken, which is also very funny. Um, and that's when we hear lots of weird sounds and screaming. And Merlin runs out into the night. And he kind of looks at the woods. Uh, he begins to summon a light in his hand, which again, Merlin, like there's a lot of people around, like don't be so, so many people around and it's pitch black. That's going to stand out a lot. Yeah. Um, but, it, but something, again, another thing we haven't really seen for Merlin, it starts to flicker and fade. Like he can't keep it lit and he tries, mm. uh, but it, it just can't happen. Um, and this is when this skull, this, this Tracar, uh, just screams out of the woods. Um, it's basically just like a, like a, piece of blue spirit light with a skull yeah. face uh coming right at you uh and who other than lancelot is there with the with a torch and the only thing that dissipates these things seems to be fire uh yeah. so he saves merlin at the last minute and you could tell like merlin is absolutely terrified at this point like this is shaken yeah. him he's already yeah he's already been shaken by the the shift in things not only has he been unsettled and i just assume it's because he can hear the duraka better than everybody else can um i don't know if that's actually true that was just sort of my perception of it was like yeah everybody's aware of them but like because he's in tune with this stuff he's feeling it so much more than everybody else again plus he had like the flu or something remember when guys was calling for him to get all those extra blankets you know this this shit is shaking him and then now even you know before we're talking about arthur could point his sword at any problem and get through it and because Arthur is kind of brave and kind of dumb, you know, he mm-hmm. just his bravery would get him through everything. And all the times that he should have died, Merlin was right there at his back. He didn't know it, but Merlin was there at his back to save his ass. But this time Merlin isn't there to save his ass. He's there, but he can't do anything. Yeah. And you can tell that this is this is shaking our boy up pretty hard. Uh, this is not good. Arthur arrives with the rest of the knights and they all head back to Camelot. And we see that uh, this is Camelot has not gone unaffected by this. They're the, the weird Drakkar phantoms are attacking everybody. We see people dying. Uh, we see Gwen get attacked by one. She, she wards off by wards, wards it off with a torch. We see kill one of the knights in front of her. Um, Merlin eventually arrives and finds Gaius and like Gaius in a uh, makeshift morgue. Uh, and tells Gaius that like, oh, my, my magic is completely useless. Like when it came for me, I just felt this intimate emptiness. I couldn't, I couldn't even breathe. Um, for all the world, this sounds like panic attacks slash PTSD that they're trying to maybe draw a comparison to. Uh, I don't know if it, Interesting. I don't know if it works, but it like definitely feels like that. And, or maybe that's yeah. just like me having watched Ted Lasso re- relatively recently and then <laughs> dealing with some of the same stuff. Um, but you know, Gaius is Gaius, who's like, no, you're, you're good. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. And then they all report to Arthur and Uncle, what's his name, that, uh, yeah, somebody has opened the veil. 
uh, we we got to go fix this shit. We don't really know what to do, but uh, somebody opened the what? Oh, um, yeah, you know, like the veil between the worlds, veil between like, the worlds, and Arthur is like between like the living world and the spirit world. Um, you know, somebody opened that. He's like, what spirits? What why do we? Talking? Why do we have a veil for that? Like, why do? Why is it a wall? <laughs> why is it in a wall? It should be a wall. It could at least is be Camelot a- haunted. Are you telling me that Camelot is haunted? <laughs> it could at least be a door, like just a strong, good, a, a strong old fashioned door. Why is it a veil? Why do we even do that's that? That's gonna. That's first order of business. We need to do something about that veil. Let's put up a wall, please. Please. He's looking around the council room, just absolutely hopeless. Yeah. And you're telling me that that's um, that's five leagues away from Camelot. Like all, yeah. all of this stuff is just literally on our back door. Like I walk farther for water in the morning than this. Yeah. And you're telling me that this it's is just ridiculous. Right this there. Is ridiculous. Um, Gaius really doesn't know anything about this or doesn't know how to fix it, but he says uh, whoever opened it had to use a blood sacrifice. They had to sacrifice someone, and you're going to need a blood sacrifice to close it. And, oh, how convenient. And that's all Arthur hears. He's like, yep, let's let's ride out. We're, we're good. That could be me. That could, that be, could me. be me. Yeah, uh, I am I am done with this. And, um, Man, Uther would have been like, okay, let's just get a prisoner. Let's just, let's yeah, just yeah. take a poor person. Yeah, do we have somebody that uses magic? Okay, sure, let's, let's, yeah. let's use them. Yeah. Um, that night, we cut to Arthur's chamber, and Merlin is lighting candles, uh, and he, he looks terrified. He's, like, jumping at every noise and sound, and he drops one of the unlit candles, and it rolls over to the curtain, and I swear to God, Chris, I cannot believe, every episode it happens, I cannot believe on the first episode of this, we were, like, standing behind the curtain, and then it yeah. just, and it just yeah. has, it, every single episode, there's a curtain scene, because we get this extended thing of him just staring at this ruffling curtain was out of his he's wits. He's so sure. He's so he's, sure. He's like, somebody is scribbling lyrics into a zine right now. I know it. I know it. Somebody somebody is turning their MSN away message into <laughs> MCR lyrics behind yeah. that curtain. Yeah. I yeah. 100% know it for certain. And, uh, of course, Arthur is just like, go go look. And then when Arthur just eventually is like, fine, I'll do it, he's like, takes out his sword. And I'm like, see, you're a little worried too, huh, Arthur? See, yeah. You're, a little- you're worried about that zine too. Um, after they, they have a little joke about it, uh, but then they begin to hear screams again. Uh, and you know, Arthur is kind of affecting this like brave face and Merlin says, you're not, you're not scared about this. And Arthur kind of looks at him and says, I am Merlin, maybe even more than you. Uh, and Mm -hmm. which is kind of terrifying, I think for Merlin to realize like this dude is, is more afraid of the situation than he is. And this is, this is, I think we are learning a little bit. This is kind of how Arthur always operates. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just he, just how he is. I think because he's he. I mean, I like Arthur as a character. That's not to say that I don't enjoy him. Um, but he comes off as as, as so pompous and and um, like a shithead <laughs> so much of the time yeah. that you forget that like you know he is actually he is very brave. Um, and he he is willing to do all the these these good things. And I think through this moment, Arthur is the same as he always is. He's not any. He doesn't appear any different because this is just yet another death-defying thing that he has to do, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Merlin, totally different situation for him because every single time he faced down death with his magic, and now he's facing it without it. So that contrast of uh, shaking up Merlin and then realizing, like, oh no, this is just Arthur's always like this, and he's fine. There's also another contrast, uh, which this scene made me really notice, uh, in w- which is that Arthur looks like that he has been tanning on a beach for a long vacation. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> Merlin still looks like his normal kind of pale self, but mm-hmm. ooh, this dude was in the—he was on the Greek Isles or something, Chris. This dude is He finally tanned, went on vacation. Tanned, rested, and ready, says uh, Arthur, yeah. <laughs> Arthur yeah. Pendragon. Um we get kind of a montage of scenes about things happening around the castle. So we see Gaius kind of preparing something when cat when candles are being blown out in the lab. 
Uh, we see knights carrying torches through the city, lighting sconces. Uh, Percival, aka Arms, uh, kind of spies Arms. a small child uh, in the alley, uh, and he walks his torch over there. And I thought that the child was haunted because the way that this shot... I thought it was going to be a ghost, yeah. <laughs> the way that this is shot is like he sees the child and then he looks up and like looks around as if to, to see if there's like, the child has any guardians around. Then he looks down yeah. and there's a second child. And I'm like, okay. And then he, like, he looks up and then he looks at his torch and then he looks down and there's a third child. And I'm like, is, are the child multiplying? Are these, yeah. are these, are these ghost- black-eyed children? Is this a different show now? Yeah, yeah. What are we, um, what are we doing right now? Uh, what is happening? And then he realized, oh, it's because he realizes that he's going to have to put down his torch if he wants to carry all these kids to safety. Which I would say, hey, make you know everybody hold my hand. Let's go. I'm going to hold the torch with the other hand. Uh, That's just Hey, me. dude, if you've got... What is the point of having huge arms if you don't use your huge arms? Right? Like, That's true. I mean, I'd be like, dude, triple triple piggyback. Triple let's piggyback. Yeah, let's go, let's go get an adult ticket for the movie theater. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, they, he, he piles them all up in the arm, uh, and he's running down... Is Percival just three biceps in a trench coat? Is that what we're discovering 100, here? 100%, yes. Um... And he, um, do, 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 do. what does he do? Um, he hauls he just them runs them. Mm-hmm. Oh, he runs them back to safety. But just as he is about to get back, he starts to get attacked. And that's when uh, Elian arrives to scare away the Duraco with a torch. And they both make it to safety, sharing a little, uh, little Gimli Legolas kind of laugh to each other. And then we move back on to the next morning. This is very cute. And I like it. Because we just had to let our boys have some fun, you know? Yeah, they got to save something, right? Like, you know, good for them. Um, you got a lot of dudes on set, okay? <laughs> we, got, we have to have time for all of the dudes. You got a lot of horny guys, and they need something to do. In the middle of this, my mouse ran out of batteries. And uh, I was like, so now I've lost my page and, and wherever we are. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry I called them horny guys. Was that what did it? Yeah, I think that's what killed it. Up? Yeah, my mouse was like, ooh. <laughs> I, have it, I have it set <laughs> to vibrate much, at, the word, too far. At, the, at the word horny. So. You've kept it tame recently on, on Merlin. <laughs> I went and screwed it up. Um the next morning, we see this flood of refugees arriving to Camelot because this isn't just affecting Camelot. All the nearby settlements are being attacked by these things and people don't know what to do. So they think, we'll go to the place that hates magic and they'll protect us. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad not a bad call, really. Like If anybody yeah. knows how to get rid of the magic problems, it's Camelot. So. Um, and yeah, this seems like, okay, well, we've got like no other choices here. The only thing that we're going to do, that we're going to be able to do to fix this is go to the Isle of the Blessed. Make that blood sacrifice. Close that tear in the veil again. Unk is like, I just cannot believe it's ride or die on this on this veil. How did it come down to this? Um, but yeah, it's likely going to require another blood sacrifice. And I thought that we did this scene already, but Arthur is like, Yeah, let's go. I'm about to blood sacrifice myself. We'll ride out soon. Yeah, but I um, we'll ride it out. Before that, though, uh, Unk rides into the room. Finds a cave, uh, sneaks into this like cave house, which I was certain was with like a a bog witch would live in. Uh, yeah. And before he knows what happening, what he, what's happening, there's a knife to his back, and turns out it's Morgana. Dude, this is Morgana's witch house. This is the most witchy thing she could have ever done. It's uh, this is like it's very witchy. It's not very cool. I'm just gonna say that it's I'll- not very Morgana. It's um, it's more. Uh, I I don't know the difference between any of the iterations, but this is very Morgan Le Fay. Because uh-huh. Morgan Le Fay from I I mean at least in what's it called, the Once the Future King, that novel. Uh, Morgan Le Fay is just like a witch in the woods, right? Um, so. This just reminded me of that, and I feel like they just wanted to like play with these other aspects of of Morgana, because um, otherwise she just seems like a Sith most of the time. 
Yeah, and I think the I think the thing that's frustrating to me about this is uh the character up till now has always been very like um, put together poised. She's the best dressed person on the show. Every single like activity she's been involved in, she comes to dress to the fucking nines. Uh, and then like, what is the first thing she do when she has to sacrifice her sister? Uh, she sets up in a bog witch cave. Like it just doesn't, doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. And she's still like dressed up cool. Like she's got the black yeah. makeup. Uh, she's got the like cool like goth dress thing happening. Like I love her style. Like they just have her in the dumbest room possible. I think. Um, and I I wonder if this is some sort of reflection of her being on her own for the first time. She has been in in command and and been able to accomplish a lot for good and for ill. But now she's she's without more ghosts. And I think well she she made this heavy sacrifice. She's stressed out about this Emerus thing and now she doesn't have um her sister, you know, her 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 backup. And now she just lives in a dumpy cave. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> sure. Yeah, maybe maybe the sister was the one putting all of the finery in this relationship and I just never realized it until until after yeah, the sister know. was she's gone. She's hiding out. I mean, this is clearly this is nearby to Camelot. It must just be a safe place that, you know, some druid lived in. Mm. Um I don't know. I don't know what her story arc is going to be for this. So I, um, I'll let I you just, know. I'll let I, you know what I think later on. I think I just don't like this set. <laughs> so I'm sorry for the set. Wait, is person. It, this is. It looks. It looks like Yoda's shack. It does. Yeah. Oh, this looks like what a little fucking garbage worm then like Yoda would just yeah. rolling rolling his fucking filth around in and demand to be fed. Mm-hmm. Um, God, don't get me started about a Yoda's fucking gremlin ass. I hate it. Um, <laughs> Uncle uh, reports to her on the kingdom and the citizens, and there's like kind of an over the top like, "Oh, too bad for them," um, which I'm yeah. still willing to love because it's Morgana. Uh, then, of course, he tells her about Arthur's plan, and Morgana instantly goes to what um, the Sidorex. <laughs> God damn these names in uh-huh. this fucking show. The Caliex told her about um, Erasmus, who's I think is the definitely the correct name uh, for Merlin. Emerus, yes, Emerus. Emerus. Um, and she's she's a little concerned, but of course, Uncle wants to celebrate. He's like, no, no, this is great. He's going to die. He's going to leave you the throne. This is going to be good. Um, and then it's time for. I mean, that's yeah, Ar- sort of like a win-win. Yeah, yeah. Uncle is happy. like either he dies and and doesn't close the veil, and then like you're good. Or he does die and he closes the veil and you don't have to worry about these um, thousands of screaming Dothraki riders. Um, <laughs> Seriously. And you're good to go. Um, it's time for Arthur to uh, start uh, saying goodbye to everybody, starting with Uther. He tells him that he taught me so much, most of, most, which was most of what it is to be a prince. Uh, Arthur starts getting emotional in this kind of one-sided conversation with Uther. Yeah. Gwen is in the room kind of watching along as Arthur kisses his, his father goodbye. And as he turns to leave, Uther grabs him and like begs, don't leave me. Uh, mm. But of course, Arthur has shit to do. So he's like, later pops, I got to get out of here. And he has to wipe away his own tears as he does this. This is a big moment. You know, this is the good the goodbye. Mm-hmm. And, and this is one of those many moments where Arthur, you know, the boy becomes the man, right? Um, he, I think saying goodbye to Uther like this is not just a... Uh, hey, I'm going to go sacrifice myself so I'll never see you again. But this is very much a like, I'm I'm king now. Like, not obviously in those so many words. But to me, this is a signifier of, I have to go and do this thing. Goodbye, Father. Thank you for everything. Um, your time has passed. It's it's my time to, to do what's right for Camelot. Uh, he gets up and he speaks to Gwyn. Um, and there's a, kind of a similar exchange where 
she's mm. she's so nervous that she can't even she can't even smile for him. He asks her to smile, and then she then he reminds her of the first time that they kissed, which of course you know makes her break out in this beautiful smile. And he says, "This is the memory that I want to take with me." And I'm like, "Damn, That's so sweet." It's Arthur, so sad. Got, Arthur got game. When did you get this game? Yeah. Who you been talking you to? Get this game. Merlin's been teaching him. I mean, the only new guy is arms, and you're not going to tell me that dude's got game. He just has no, arms, no. and that's all you need in Gwaine, the game. Gwen doesn't have game because all he has to do is like smirk. And yeah, and that's all. That's all that guy has to do. Gwen's, Lancelot, Gwen, Lancelot's, Lancelot's a virgin. Lancelot so smolders. Happening. Lancelot just looks at yeah. you and, and like he just smolders virginly, right? Like he just yes, looks at you yes. like I want to do bad things, but I don't know how to do any of them. But I can't. But I can't. I'm, <laughs> he's fighting an eternal battle at all times. Yeah. It's very. He's he's very he's conflicted. That's what makes him so. I want to kiss. Attractive. I want to kiss you sweetly in your. Uh, Flower? Is that is that a thing? Is that a thing? <laughs> is that a? I want to whisper. Thankfully, Arthur doesn't say that. Yeah. Thank um. God. <laughs> um, and then if you have arms, you just have arms, right? That's all you need to get yeah. girls. It's just big old yeah. arms. So um, he also goes to meet Uncle uh, and gives Uncle the royal seal and says, "You're the only one that Risky I can, move. One, you're the only one that I can trust." And of course, it's highly ironic. Yeah, like, give it to Gaius. Like. Like Gaius to lock it down. Like we have a complicated relationship with Gaius, but like you know, he's not going to like usurp the throne. Exactly. Yeah, he may be very bad at it, but he's not. He's not going to usurp it. Uh, we uh. also uh, see Merlin packing up, uh, and there is this beautiful guitar piece that they're doing during this, which I just oh, I, absolutely I, yeah. adore. It's, it's it's one of the best songs on of the episode. Um, and he is packing up, and he tells Gaius that like it's his destiny to protect Mar- Arthur. So he he's going to go out there, and he's going to sacrifice himself, even if he has to. So they say goodbye, um, and then Lancelot meets up with Gwen, and of course, there's this like weird little bit of a love triangle. Um, mostly because he just smolders virginly at, at both of them all the time. Uh, but Gwen is not there to talk about smooches. She's there to ask him to bring Arthur back alive, to bring him home. Um, we we see Arthur and his knights roll out again, a great piece of music as they're just hauling ass through the through the forest, traveling the five leagues to their destination. It's fucking full sweat. <laughs> as he's now like as the implications of everything it's just getting heavier and heavier on him he's like wait oh shit this is, this is my job <laughs> i don't want this at all oh. well he does this look when she says it to because arthur's going there to sacrifice himself and and he you know for what is whatever it's worth uh lancelot loves guinevere and if she is saying i want you to protect Arthur with your life he's gonna do it he's gotta do it and 100 then i think throughout the 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 rest of these scenes, he starts to realize Merlin is going to do the same thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, it was, it's very interesting. And yeah, well, anyway, they're riding through the woods. Yep. They finally plan a place to camp uh, and Merlin volunteers to go get wood. Uh, and this is where Lancelot uh, says, Hey, I'll help you. Uh, and follows him out. And is like, why are you, you don't, you can't even use magic. Why are you here? And Merlin says, hey, it's it's your duty to protect Camelot, is it not? And Lancelot's like, yeah. And he's like, and you're totally a virgin. And Lancelot's like, yeah. And he says, well, it's my duty. That's relevant, it's but... my duty to protect Arthur. And it's funny that you're a virgin. So you can completely understand both of those things, right? He's like, why am I getting clowned on? <laughs> like, what the hell, I just dude? haven't found my beautiful flower. And Merlin's like, stop calling them flowers. <laughs> stop it's calling not... your beautiful flower. We don't, that's not the way, to, it's not the way you're going to end this, end this <laughs> dry spell, my man. This is not the Wait, way are you, you calling do. yourself the beautiful flower? <laughs> what is the beautiful flower? I've never understood. I thought Hold I knew on. it first. I think, we I, have a, I think we're having two different conversations right now. <laughs> 
thought I thought I was in, in, I thought I understood, but maybe maybe you're meaning something else. Um, but of course, Lancelot understands. He's like, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I you're there to protect Arthur. Gotcha. Um, that night we have uh, what is kind of maybe the coolest scene of this entire episode, dude. Uh, yeah, I feel like I, I was watching like a. Um, like a PS2 FMV video yeah, that starts, right? You know, like a. <laughs> I can't describe. It. Like this is like the intro to Onimusha. Um, this is this is literally I mean the intro in the best to, possible uh, way. This is the intro to Sek- Sekiro, right? Like absolutely, yeah, literally. Yeah, you just pan across a uh, across a battlefield with a red sky, and there's just like dead bodies and weapons and flags everywhere. We even pass over Excalibur at one point, which this is Excalibur, right? I kept doubting myself on that. Let's just we're calling it Excalibur. I don't know if it yes. was a second sword. We never mm-hmm. actually called it that. I don't know. I believe this is Excalibur. We're, pan- yes. we're panning over, we're panning over, and then we hear a voice, and it's and it's Morgana's voice asking for help, asking for help from Emerus. And then we look up, and motherfucker, that's Emerus right there. That is old man Merlin. We see motherfucking Dragoon, the man himself in his red robe. I think it's red. I don't know. In my mind, it's red, with the long hair and the beard, and he's everything I've ever hoped to be. And he's standing there, and he's looking down at her, and he's like, "I don't hold on. Let me find the quote in my notes." He, he says, I have it written down. Say? Um, is this everything that you've ever wanted, Morgana? Uh, and oh, then, yeah. And then she yeah. wakes up and she's like, you know, Erasmus. Yeah, <laughs> Erasmus. I'm so mad at you, Erasmus. That's, ah! that's, that's her downfall. She, 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 she heard the name once, right? Yeah. She didn't write it down. She didn't write it down. She didn't repeat it. And then it. later on, the name Erasmus came to mind. So she's just been going around saying Erasmus. Mm-hmm. And nobody's like, yeah, we don't know what that is. What are you, we don't know what you're talking about. Like so that's what's going to be her downfall in the end. And then he's going to be like, it's Emerus. <laughs> it's Emerus, bitch. It's <laughs> Emerus, bitch. As he pulls Jesus the trigger. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, our crew is riding past like dozens of dead villagers, uh, and they arrive at this weird keep. Uh, they're being chased and hounded by the the Jakar at this point. Am I saying? Mm. So, I'm sorry, saying that wrong to you. Am I, Dude, I have. No, I don't even know anymore. Okay. I don't even know anymore. They they start to light torches. Jakara. Jakara. I, I forget it unless I see it in my name and the only or in my notes. And the only reason I can spot it in my notes is because spell check is like, brother, what is this word? <laughs> it's um. It, they they're being hounded by them. They're trying to collect wood, uh, but there's just there's screaming everywhere. They're eventually like chased outside. Uh, Merlin looks like he lights a fire with magic just in front of all of the dudes. Like he just he does sure not... does. And I thought he didn't have magic a minute ago, but sure he has small magic. He doesn't have big magic. I guess it's small the... magic. Sure, 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 yeah. sure, sure, sure. Um, meanwhile, Arms is like, "Hey, Arthur, we're not gonna. This fire is not gonna last all night. We need to figure out what to yeah. do." Uh, Dude, now it's a survival horror game. Like literally, like beautiful. they have to like gather enough supplies to make it through the night, or they're gonna die. And it's like it puts them in this situation that is so unlike anything that we've seen before. We've seen them in a thousand life or death situations, but there's something about this where it's just like the clock is ticking. We're running low on firewood. Like I don't know. There's just something desperate about it that that elevates the situation, that elevates the tension. It's really, really good. Like it feels like something bad is going to happen there's, to somebody. There's also this scene where, like, you see them, like the camera zooms way out, and we see this keep up on a cliff, and we see like the cloud of, of smoke coming from their fire, and then just a full moon in the clouds above them. Like it's just a really gorgeous shot, just out of fucking nowhere. It's just like, oh yeah, this is nice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they eventually they need more firewood, uh, and Arthur volunteers to go, and Merlin's like, no, I'm going to go with you because when is the time, when when have you ever knew how to you know, collect firewood, and that fucking true. He doesn't know the, how to do chores. The grad schools or grad schoolers are loving this. Like every one of the knights thinks this is the best roast of all time. Yeah. Like they all yeah. ch- are chuckling. <laughs> this is great. 
<laughs> That's why they bring Merlin along. Yeah, yeah, just for the goops. Because they know he'll come up with some good roast for Arthur. And none of them are really on that level with Arthur where they feel like they can roast him like that. Um, Elian, maybe, because he's like, bro, you're French and my sister. Like, I'm going to make fun of you. But, yeah, um, but I mean, everybody else know, is a little trepidatious. Merlin changes that dude's draws, so like he can he can make fun of yeah. a little bit. <laughs> he's he's yeah. the one scrubbing the the scrape Fair marks. Enough. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, the knights start getting nervous that they've been gone too long. Uh, Merlin and Arthur are almost immediately attacked by the the the, the spirit skulls. They go to hide in a room, um, and this is pretty much the end of the episode. There's going to be like a whole mm-hmm. lot of the knights looking really nervous and looking for Arthur as they, they leave in a group all holding one torch. Uh, and then like Arthur shivering uh, and with uh, next to Merlin and like looking like they're about to die. Um, yeah. And there's this exchange between Arthur and Merlin. And it's very similar to the one we had at the end of the season three, where Arthur says, you know, he's never been worried about dying before. And Merlin kind of inspires him and says, you know, yeah, you know, we we're going to defeat the, I put Diroka in my notes. So that's the first time yeah. I ever wrote the word. That's not, Draka? Draka? I don't even know what I was trying Draka. to trying to spell there. Jesus. Um, you know, we're going to defeat them together. We will. And Ar- Ar- Arthur says, you're a brave man, Merlin, at least between battles, which is, you know, kind of their thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also says, if I become king, I'm going to make you court jester. And he's like, that's probably yeah. a step up from servant. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Dude, this whole thing where he's like, you know, they're cracking jokes or whatever. Um, and then Arthur's like, you know, I never really understood you, Merlin. And, and Merlin says... If things had been different, I think that we would have been good friends. And it's like, I'm like, fuck. Arthur's like, yeah, yeah, I think we would have been. Um, and there's something about this just, just, it hits you in the field. You know, I think watching the show, this is, a lot of people watch it for the relationship between Arthur and Merlin. And even even just looking at them as friends, you want to see that acknowledgement. I think we see so much through the eyes of Merlin that we want him to get the recognition he deserves. And for me, just a little bit, hearing Arthur be like, yeah, we would have been friends. You're right. Um, I mean, they are friends. That is what he's saying. We are friends. Um, but then, of course, Merlin has to add in that if you hadn't been such an arrogant, pompous dollop head. Um, <laughs> and, and Merlin just keeps insisting, like, we're going to defeat these things. Um, we're going to do this. I'll, I'll make you court jester, blah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, and then their laughter is cut off by more screeching as this Doraka comes and has now it's found them in their hiding place. And Arthur jumps up like he's going to go charge out and attack this thing, which is very foolish. Um, But at the last minute, Merlin pulls Arthur back, throws him down and just like jumps straight at this thing. Um, He stopped midair. We get this strange effect as he's sort of like screaming and the the Duraka is screaming and this weird visual effect happens. And then he's thrown back against the wall. He slams into it real hard. That kill a man alone. And when all the other knights run in and Arthur come, they, they all they all check on him. We see that. Merlin is frosted over like all the other dead people that they found and things are not looking good. No, not good. And this is where the episode ends because if you remembered from yeah. the beginning, this is a part one, uh, not a, a, a normal episode. Uh, we get a preview of everything that's going to happen in the next episode. It looks crazy. Dragons are there. Magic mm-hmm. is happening. It just looks off, off the wall, which is crazy. And it's going to be really, really good. Um, you know, I said at the end of the season three episode that that was like the high point of Merlin um and i i think it's too early to really talk about like how season four is going to shape up or anything but like man what a just fucking home run right out of the gate to like come back this fucking strong like uh, can you imagine being in 2011 and and this being the 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 fucking premiere and you're just losing your mind on twitter constantly about it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yes 
yes. Um, yeah, fantastic season opener. I'm so excited. Uh, I, I'm, I'm still unsure of how many I've seen. Maybe only one more. Maybe, you know, two or three. I don't know. But um, I cannot wait to see what happens. It's going to be really, really interesting to find out where you, you, you fell off because I think a lot of these episodes yeah. are going to be really good. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Chris, thank you so much for uh, suffering through your, your COVID voice to get us all the way through an episode. We very thank much you, appreciate listeners, it. for suffering through my COVID voice. Um, hopefully you will be back in, in full spirit next week uh, and we can, we can, we can continue. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for anybody who has signed up for our Patreon over patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, you guys get episodes of this early and you get access to our discord server and you get exclusive patreon content in the form of podcasts and that's really really cool so if you're into that kind of stuff you should go check it out uh yes. also thank you to jake lionheart i think it's jake lionheart.bandcamp.com um he is an amazing musician and uh he has got commissions open i think right now for like podcast music twitch music so if you're like looking for stuff for your online channels to that's you know copyright free and you're not going to get in trouble with algorithms or anything like that hire jake he's extremely quick um he's he probably he underprices himself absolutely so tip him really really well if you hire him um but it's just he's just amazing and go 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 get all of your music needs from him because he's great uh and we'll be back next week with this podcast thank you for listening everybody and goodbye bye I'm not hearing anything, so let me check my headphones. Uh-oh. I can definitely I hear you. I had a feeling this would be an issue. Can you say something? Hello. Okay, I got you. All right. Hey. And do I, do I sound like I have the right mic? You sound um, sick as hell, so yeah, I think okay. so. <laughs> yeah, all right. Because I, I popped in and, and started doing my mic check and everything, but my mic was not plugged in because I had uh. moved it. Chris, you're sick okay. again, my man. Are you I'm okay? sick again? I, I got COVID this time. It's real. I uh, I was really sick on Christmas, so did nothing, stayed in bed, and then over the course of that week leading up to New Year's, each day I got a little bit better. We recorded towards the end of that week, and I still had you know my voice was a little rough, but it was I was feeling a, a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, over New Year's, felt totally fine, and then Monday night, which it would have been New Year's Day, um, I suddenly started to get the cough back and I thought, hmm, this is weird. Um and yeah, okay. A couple days later I've got COVID. Unbelievable. So sorry, man. Like it, it seems like you have been going through the, the, the worst of this shit lately, man. Oh just just when just when things seemed like they were turning around, we're back in it. But hopefully um I'm through the worst of it again a second time. I just um
Yeah. I just want to be able to like do a podcast and not have it be an ordeal, you know? <laughs> not have to be not have to be a strenuous proposition to record your <laughs> yeah. audio into a into I got a games to talk about, but I feel like I gotta reserve these pipes. I've been testing these bad boys all day. Mm-hmm. I've been walking around the house like a lunatic just talking to myself. Um, I was playing uh, a JRPG earlier and just reading all the dialogue out loud to myself, trying to get my voice warmed up. That is extremely Because if funny. I walk around like singing, mm-hmm. then I feel like singing doesn't equate to, or like humming, that doesn't equate to talking. Like it's a different kind of like, I don't know. What do I know? I'm not a like vocalist. What, no, not at but all. I feel like to warm up your voice for talking, I feel like you've got to talk. Yes, I agree with you. Just for what the, for whatever that means. Yes. Yeah. I think I think yeah. talking is the best thing to do. Um, do you have any um, uh, do you have any sweet sweet outtakes to lay down upon me? Um, I feel like I did. <laughs> now I'm just I'm, I got so concerned when you said you were yeah. sick. I, they, they all went out the window. Uh, you know, I was sick all day, and then I thought, oh, you know, I have like a million COVID tests. Why don't I? Why don't I check this? Um, and I've done a a bunch of these at this point. You know, the at home tests, and within like. They've all come up negative previously, which, you know, you can get a false negative, and, but this time it was like <laughs> one second later. It was like, oh, no, you got it. You got it Sir. immediately. Yeah. There was a piece of my brain on there because I stuck it up there so far. And then I thought, you know, I'm pretty sure that that means that I got it, but let me just do another one just, just to just make in sure. Case. Yeah. And that was the same thing. It was immediately like, yeah, brother. <laughs> Autumn made fun of me for the uh, how far I stuck the little testing thing up my nose yeah. too, and I was like, no, no, I want to make sure I get I get the goods. Like I don't want to yeah. do this twice. Like there's no there's no part of me. That I'm trying to see this. God. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, with every single COVID test, I'm trying to see God. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't have uh, too many interesting things to say. I have been playing uh, a lot of Midnight Suns, as you know. Mm. Um, that is the featuring ta- Marvel's Blade. Featuring Marvel's Blade. Um, so before, like, because I know a lot of our audience just turns off when we turn when we start talking about video games. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say, like, if you have any interest in like hanging out with the Marvel universe, <laughs> you may want to look at this game. It's such a weird fucking game, dude. Because like a solid 50 to 60% of it is you talking to Blade or you going to, uh, fishing with Iron Man or maybe you're going to play cards with Spider-Man and give him some advice. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 like a solid like half the game is social activities and the mm. weird thing is it's, it, that's not something that like hugely appeals to me because it's like we've talked a lot about like it's just a bunch of dialogue and it's not right. actual gameplay or anything. And um, but they have made it so that if you increase their friend levels, you get like substantial mechanical benefits in the actual like combat side of the game. So I am doing like it's they they've hooked me. They got my gamer brain full on because I, yeah, I am doing yeah. every single possible social thing. I've got book club with Blade. <laughs> what we're doing? <laughs> me, me and Blade Perfect. are in a bu- excellent, <laughs> excellent. What's he reading? Uh, we it's a lot of war books. <laughs> we're all reading interview war with the books. vampire. No, no, he's he's not he's not much on vampire fiction. He is he has made that clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's also trying to uh, trying to make out with Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel. We'll see how that goes though. I don't right now. Okay. It's not going right. well. Blade does not have a lot of game, so yeah. <laughs> we'll see if it goes badly. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then I'm in something called the Emo Kids Group. Okay, uh, cool. Which is like a there's a it's an acronym for a bunch of magical stuff, but uh, it's just a bunch of magical goth nerds getting together, and Doctor Strange is there, so that's fun. There's a character in that game, Harvestella, that I've been playing. Uh huh. And her her name is Emo. Okay. And it's just so you just see the proper noun emo showing up in a lot of uh, dialogue boxes. And I'm like, you can't, you can't just do that. That's weird. <laughs> you yeah, just, you, can't. you can't just say that. This was a weird translation video game. Um, yeah. 
but yeah and then the combat is is solid like the combat is like you know tactical based game like you know you're here's wolverine and you have like three abilities to choose from and there's different costs to the various cards and various now it's not effects. like a turn-based thing is it oh yeah absolutely Oh yeah, yeah. It's did you play XCOM at all? Have you ever seen or heard of XCOM? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played XCOM. So it's it's by the people that made XCOM, um, oh. and it, and it is a it is is imagine XCOM except uh, instead of like actions that your dude can do, it's cards. So you're you're getting cards, you're upgrading cards. The cards have different effects and different costs and things like that. Um, and it's, so it adds like kind of a random element to the to the combat. That's fun. Uh, but it is. It's actually really, really fucking fun. I've been doing nothing but playing it for a while now, and it is wow. it is exciting. I'm also streaming. Exciting. People should come out and and because now that I have good internet, I can I can stream at a solid 1080p with no issues. It's amazing. That's exciting. It is. I, we have to do more stuff because I just did um, Patty's show. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. I just plugged my microphone into my PS5, and that was it. Yeah. He showed me his screen. And I know we've done Mass Effect before. We did one episode of that. And we've like done like uh, live stream stuff on Twitch before. But it was so simple. I was like, oh, my God. I, I have to go and do this. And he was like, yeah. When I did this with Jeremy, he said the same thing. And then you guys made a Mass Effect video. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, this makes sense. This it's makes, so easy. This makes a lot of sense now. Um, I can't wait for that episode to come out because, first of all, I wasted so much of his time for like 10, 15 minutes of this video not knowing where to send him and then finally figured out the exact place that I wanted him to go and it just everything worked out so well it was it was great after that point I won't spoil it he is it was uh, a lot of fun he has told me about the things that happened in that episode um and yeah. I'm I'm super excited about to see, to see it all uh and I don't think it's come out yet right he no see. it's not out yet oops oh god I hope that that didn't come Hello? on. The, that didn't come on on the mic because that was that was very loud. I didn't hear anything. Okay, good. I, I accidentally clicked a YouTube video and it was like, dude, nothing, nothing intro. has ever mortified me more than doing an old episode of Chomp Chain, and we're all sitting there talking or whatever, and I'm scrolling through Twitter because I was looking for something, and then I see like, oh, new Persona Five trailer just dropped to date to date this podcast. It was that long ago. Uh, and I click on it, and it starts with one of the girls. It's Japanese dubbed, and she's like screaming and squealing. And everybody <laughs> looked at me like, "Chris, what the fuck did you just put on?" And I was mortified because <laughs> everybody was like, "Like no one believed me that I was like, it's a Persona Five trailer." I swear, they were like, "No, no, 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 you just put on porn, brother." I um. So when I was roommates uh with some with a couple of dudes, uh one of them got busted uh looking at porn like several times because uh whatever porn channel or videos that he was watching um it started out with an extraordinarily loud sample of uh <laughs> nine inch nails closer like just in the like just like imagine like <laughs> okay. zero volume and then directly into the middle of the do -do -do -do, like it's just like as loud yeah, and then like yeah. mixed in with that is just girls like moaning in ecstasy or whatever, um and it, and every single time like you could hear him like knocking shit down to get to the volume controller <laughs> or whatever, and I'm like. <laughs> And like, but uh, it was it would just blare as loud as possible. You'd be like, "What in the fuck is that?" And I, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's not you know. We were all twenty get a hold years of yourself, old, brother. Yeah, get a hold of yourself. Use headphones, man. What are you doing? Yeah, use headphones. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so okay, well that's good. I I think I I thought that uh, that Midnight Suns was like an Assassin's Creed type game. No, um, no, not at all. No, not in the least. What am I thinking of? Is there a new like superhero game that's like that? Uh, I guess it's not important. I played a lot of Chain Echoes, which is that um like Super Nintendo era type 
uh, JRPG. Jerp G. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, I don't even really go for that because that's kind of before my my time. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was on sale. I kept hearing good things about it. I picked it up. It's got a real addicting quality to it. The way that it's presented, you get like sixty seconds, one hundred and twenty seconds of story, and then it's like, okay, you're you know back to the game. You don't have to hang out forever. There's enough of a plot there that I'm like kind of curious to see what's going to happen next. Um, but you're mostly just you're just playing, and the way that all the systems loop into each other is really interesting. Like you don't you don't level up, but you gain like skill points, so you can like unlock new skills and and level those skills up. Um, you you get loot from monsters. But then you and then you sell that loot, and if you sell a certain amount of different types of loot, you unlock new things that you can buy. It doesn't tell you always like what you have to sell to unlock these things, but it just keeps up that loop of I want to fight new monsters, I, I want to get new loot, and then I want to sell it to see what kind of like new equipment I can buy, and then you can level up your equipment. Uh, and then there's this like oh, I don't know talent talent board or something like that where like if you explore an area you'll get new things on this like game board that will pop up. You check the game board and it'll say, okay, defeat five enemies in this area. Uh, find four treasure chests in this area. When oh, you do no. that, you unlock a little reward for that. And most of the stuff you kind of just do as you're naturally playing anyway. So, But I'm just constantly going in and checking for those rewards to see if I unlocked anything new. And then it's like, oh, well, I only missed like two or three things. I might as well go back and try and complete those things. And then the next thing I know, I'm back in town selling items again, trying to buy new equipment. It's like, this, it's just this cycle. It, and it all fits together really well. And the game was made by one person. That's awesome. Yeah. That that all that whole thing sounds super addicting. Like I am just going mm-hmm. to, I, I would just lose myself into like going through the map and trying to figure out or the game board and just figuring out all of the stuff that I can unlock. Definitely worth checking out. It's a good time. I'm um, I don't know that I can. It's weird. I Midnight Suns is such a weird recommendation unless you were like, because I think it's a it's a perfect game if, if like a kid likes the MCU because it's but it's not related mm. to the MCU at all. It's a fresh take on all the characters, um, which is neat because you get to see like Spider Man meeting the Avengers for the first time if that's something that you're into. Um, but also, the combat is like it's like combat. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you have to you have to you have to kind of be smart about it. Um, and I, so I don't I don't know I don't know if it's a if it's a if it's free, absolutely pick it up. Or if it's like super mm. on sale, pick it up. I bought it at full price because I just wanted something to play over the break, and I'm gl- very glad yeah. I did. I've, it has consumed my my, my time. So excellent. <clears throat> I actually i have um, a I have a quiz for you. Oh, uh, but I'm I'm hanging on until our next Monster of the Week episode because it is supernatural okay. related. Um, okay, all but right. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you saw any chatter in the Discord about the supernatural um, advent calendar that was made this year. Have you, have yeah, you seen back, this? yeah, around Christmas, I think I remember mm-hmm. seeing stuff. That's typically when advent calendars are discussed. Yes, Chris. <laughs> makes Christmas. sense. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but Autumn got me one, and I was out of town for two weeks in December. Uh, and so I got back, and then we just opened up like 14 days in a row. It was so much fun. Mm. Um, and there was some, there's some really, really neat stuff in there. I got like a, um, uh, not a th- single thing that I can remember off the top of my head now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> There's we, got, we have to do some. We have to do some Merlin trivia. Yeah, I got, assume that this trivia was was related to, to supernatural. The yeah, there, one of the things I got was a quiz book, and us and Autumn was like grabbed it, and she's like, "I'm going to quiz you on this," and it ranges between the easiest thing in the world or the hardest question in the world that you will never get. So I cannot wait to quiz you okay. on this stuff. All but, right. Yeah, we need, but we need to do some Merlin stuff because I feel like supernatural. There is. Like just a fifty-fifty on anything. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much that we just like information we never absorbed, um, and then there's so many like hyperfixations that we had that I feel like we could answer some of these questions. Merlin, I don't know. Yeah, Merlin's it's been a such lot a harder. weird yeah. like 
thing that I'm like, if you na- ask me to like name a random character from a random episode, I might not be able to do it. Yeah, you may just you may just not know. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Do you want to do you want to try to get into it, or do you want to just call yeah. it at 15 minutes? If <laughs> let's um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll try to keep the coffin to a minimum. I'm gonna be liquided up like you would not believe. Okay. I got a, I got a gallon of water here. Hopefully, is this? Do you think this is gonna sound terrible to listen to? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm editing out coughs, right? So like, you don't have to worry about that. Um, but uh, if I, what I'm more worried about is you like losing your voice or hurting mm. your voice permanently. Mm. So, hey, I didn't even have one this morning. So, so you know. if you think that you were going to do that, we should we should stop it, and we can stop at any time. Like, I'm, it's not a big deal. Okay. So. If it starts getting real bad, we'll do what we did last time. And okay. um, I just don't want to be late. You know. Yeah, I know. I get it. But if we are, we are. You got COVID. You got an excuse. Mm. Mm. Berlin, 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 Let my party be my final gift to you. Hands are a dagger. We cut over to Arthur as he's toasting the king, and a, we see a full moon come out. Morgana raises the knife up into the sky. I just scared the shit out of my dog with some compressed air because she wouldn't shut up. <laughs> that's that's how you do it, y'all. <laughs> just scare the shit out of him with some compressed air. Um. Sorry. At the same time, my, my phone started ringing at the same time. This is this is awful. Bastards. 